A new United Nations report warns the impacts of climate change are increasing and inevitable. Experts say that we have until 2030 to avoid catastrophe. Temperatures in the Arctic have warmed about two to three times the global average. It will be very difficult and impossible for our children to control climate change. This is South of Two Degrees, and I am your host, Brian Barnes. It is so good to have you with us today on the only podcast dedicated to bringing unfiltered scientific research to the forefront of the climate conversation. We've got an intriguing show today as we take a look at climate actions and evaluate if we're working with or against each other. So my friends, once more, into the fray. Welcome back, and today's episode comes from a fascinating paper that was just published. But before we dive into the science, let's ask ourselves a few questions and be blunt about the answers. So let me ask you, are we truly making progress on addressing anthropogenic climate change? I would say yes, but caveat that with only in comparison to previous work. So if we're making progress, are we doing enough? Well, the science shows that the answer to that is no. Unless action is taken extremely quickly, we will blow past the Paris Accord target of limiting anthropogenic warming to less than 1.5 degrees C. In fact, in some areas, we're past that already. Hold up, Brian. Are you saying we've already passed the 1.5 degrees C mark? Well, the short answer is, in some areas, yes. The long answer is we have to remember that our world is a wonderfully beautiful and diverse place and the planet is far from homogeneous. Different locations warm differently based on a multitude of factors. As you hear in the beginning of the show every single week, the Arctic's even warming three times that of the global average. In fact, according to the phenomenal scientists over at NASA, more than one-fifth of the human population, or more than 1.5 billion people, live in regions that have already surpassed that, with the most vulnerable disproportionately being impacted the most. Remember, when we speak of keeping anthropogenic warming below certain temperatures, say, south of 2 degrees, sorry, had to, we're referring to global averages. So even if we limit the average to 2 degrees, then it is projected that the mid-latitudes will see their hottest days up to 4 degrees C or 7.2 degrees F above what they are today. A pretty scary notion. Now if we aren't doing enough and yet we already know we need to do more, let me ask this. Are we coordinating? Sure, you have the Paris Accord on an international level, but remember each country is setting its own targets in action. But are we working together? What about on a regional level? How about on a city or municipal level? Can we drill down even further and ask ourselves, is there coordination on a corporate level? Me, I'd say coordination is absolutely necessary. Not sure about you, but I've yet to see a natural system that respects the little lines we draw on maps and call borders. And climate change, well, it's no different. While its impact varies, it will affect us all. And with that at the forefront of our mind, let's dive in and take a hard and science-based look at what we're doing and if we are being efficient in our tactics. Now, today's paper was published on the 9th of February, 2021, and is titled, Diverse Climate Actors Show Limited Coordination in a Large-Scale Text Analysis of Strategy Documents. Okay, while the research is impeccable, it's rather obvious these authors shouldn't ever name a book or a movie. I mean, if they had been in charge of, say, naming Lord of the Rings, I think it would be something like 
Hobbit goes a long way before destroying the ring in a volcano. Kind of ruins the purpose of hearing the story. That said, the research is incredible. And while the findings have already been revealed to you in the title, let's look at the details as we can gain a lot from their insight. To start with, the authors looked at 9,236 actors, including 5,536 cities, 76 regions, 3,542 companies, and 172 countries. To these, they applied not only large-scale natural language processing methods, but used social network analysis as well. Oh, and before some of you call out the authors and note that they could be missing context by doing some fancy word searches... Fear not, they already thought of that as well, and one of the many facets was a look at frequently recurring four-word collocations. Now, we'll come back to the findings there in a minute, but I wanted to mention it up front as it just goes to show the detail the authors went into. Now, since the Paris Accord, non-state and subnational groups have proliferated. They range in diversity from small clubs of specific actors, such as, say, the U.S. Climate Alliance that includes 25 states collectively pledging action on climate change, to maybe the Global Covenant of Mayors for Climate and Energy, which is a network of more than 10,000 cities and subnational actors that includes nearly 10% of the global population. Sounds great to have so many folks addressing anthropogenic climate change, right? Well, yes and no. As the paper notes, Quote, this shift to a more polycentric climate governance system has raised questions about how to ensure policy coherence and integration and avoid fragmentation that could undermine progress towards achieving collective climate goals. End quote. Sadly, scarce evidence exists regarding whether goal and action linking and coordination amongst climate actors occurs. Even grimmer, the possibility of dispersed or redundant action could manifest as well. In fact, a separate paper notes that sites of climate governance are crowded, highly contested, and often disjointed from one another, particularly across multiple governance levels. As a result, there is a push by many scholars instead to have a global orchestration amongst these entities, using indirect strategies such as endorsements, convenings, agenda setting, or the provision of resources and assistance to achieve a policy coherence such that all can work towards our common goal. The authors go on to note the importance, quote, when actions are coordinated at a global level, regional and national orchestrators of climate action work to fill strategic gaps, act on comparative advantages, give voice to the underrepresented demographics, and address questions of equity in specific regional contexts, end quote. Sounds spot on if you ask me. But what's the nitty gritty on what the authors found? Well, there were 30 main topics that recurred the most often, and while I won't list them all here, if you're interested, you can find a link to the paper over on the website southof2degrees.org. What is fascinating is that 29 of the 30 most prominent topics focused on climate change mitigation, whereas only one was focused on climate change adaptation and broadly referred to as just that. However, the mention of climate change adaptation was by far the most mentioned subject. In fact, it was so prominent that countries' NDCs, or Nationally Determined Contributions, had a 70% probability of mentioning it, yet at a city level, there was only a 2.5% probability that adaptation came up. The only other topic surpassing even a third of the mentions adaptation had was government promotion of waste and transport efficiency and was the overwhelming topic in regions, yet it was barely mentioned by countries. Starting to get a feel for the disjointed nature of approaches? It gets even more interesting. 
Where do you think cities placed focus? Well, the top one was squarely on citizens' actions followed by sustainable transportation and lighting. How about companies? Their most common topic was centered around HVAC systems followed closely by employee travel. An interesting data point is that companies commented on the cost and monetary savings, payback periods, and investments required to a relatively high degree. Yet on a regional and country level, those topics were rarely covered. Further, while an important topic of conversation amongst the scientific community and on this show, according to the study, cities are also the only actor group to articulate strategies for preserving biodiversity in green spaces, yet regions are the only actor group to have sustainable farming practices commonly mentioned as well as the installation of onshore wind power. So at this point, you might think of this as a mixed bag. Obviously, a range of solutions are being looked at and acted upon, which is a great thing in of itself. But it's also pretty easy to pick up on the fact that there is little to no coordination amongst the four actor categories here. So let's dig deeper and go back to the four word collocations I mentioned earlier. And I believe this gives us a lot of insight. They were as follows. For regions, the four were government, reductions, increase, resilience. For countries, Intend nationally determined contributions. For cities, public participation, stakeholder, and engagement. And for companies, estimated annual CO2 equivalents and savings. Did any of those line up in your mind? Now you can really see the disjointed focus. Think that's it? Nope. I've got more for you. Another intriguing facet the authors found was clear trends that divided developed and developing countries yet showed an interesting cohesion and strategy within each separately. Quote, Developing countries' documents reflected the climate adaptation topic in much higher frequency than developed countries, 85% versus 24%. Developed country actors also tend to focus on mitigation target setting and their Paris pledges compared to developing countries, 69% versus 20%. Whereas cities in developed countries tend to emphasize citizen actions, 15% versus 2%, and sustainable transport, 11% versus 2.5%, while cities in developing countries tend to emphasize waste and public transport, 21% versus 1.7%, end quote. Okay, Brian, enough stats. Pull this together for me. Okay, well... Let's first bear in mind that the point in this paper by the authors was not to make an exhaustive list, but rather identify themes and networks. Three main themes came out of this, and without going too deep, here they are. First, while mentioned most often, very little action was centered around adaptation, reduction, and resilience. You see, there is a struggle at the national level to define urban adaptation methods, which complicates the ability on local governments to implement them. Second, few actors explicitly address consumption-based or supply chain emissions. Why is this a critical flaw? Well, for cities and companies, these are critical as they make up a large part of their overall carbon footprint. Let's take a car manufacturer, for example. A substantial amount of their emissions comes from use, not their direct operations, which require other actors to step in and coordinate. Third, the study found, quote, Reported climate actions primarily seem to take two broad approaches, technological solutions and soft policy or management approaches, with businesses seeming to favor the former and cities, regions, and countries relying more on the latter. 
end quote. Seriously, we could continue to go deeper into the details, but I'll start to tie this up for you by letting the authors speak directly on the positive and negatives of their findings. Quote, The variation in climate actions by actor type and lack of strong connectors between actor types and across geographies, save for some exceptions, however, may not necessarily suggest that the global climate governance system is characterized by fragmentation and functional overlaps rather than by coherence and hierarchy, end quote. Further, quote, few linkages between disparate actors seem to suggest that there are missed opportunities for actors to connect and bridge climate strategies to enhance the existing polycentric climate governance system. For a fragmented system to be coherent and achieve polycentric order, at a minimum, information sharing is needed to facilitate continuous policy learning between actors and does not necessarily require strong relations between actors or formal coordinating institutions, end quote. A little too verbose, you say? Okay, then let me leave you with this, because what's a hard-hitting and fast-moving commentary without a parable to bring it all home? And when it comes to fables, who better than Aesop to put into perspective the importance of how we move forward and the consequences we face? Now, on a hot summer afternoon, a lion and a boar felt real thirsty. While looking for water to quench their thirst, they both came to a well to drink some water, but reached there at the same time. They quarreled as to who would drink water first, and soon the quarrel turned into a violent fight, and they really started hurting each other. Now, the fight continued for a long time. Both of them were badly wounded, but they continued fighting. At one point, they finally stopped to catch their breath, and they noticed a group of hungry vultures sitting above them on a tree. The vultures were looking at them and were waiting for them to kill each other so that they could come down and feed on their bodies. Now, this sight made the lion and the boar realize the uselessness of their fight. They at once made up, saying, It is wiser for us to become friends rather than be eaten up by vultures and crows. Think on that one, and you may see what I'm trying to get at. But for now, that wraps up another episode of South of Two Degrees. You should have a better perspective now on climate action being taken at different levels and where the gaps are. May that stay in the back of your mind as you go out and play your own part. Who knows? Maybe you are the one that can pull it all together. Now we're off next week as I'm expecting a baby girl in the next 24 hours. Not my first rodeo, but I'm still stoked out of my mind. So in the meantime, aside from checking out all the latest information in the interim on our website, blog, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Clubhouse, and Instagram, do this for me. Tell one other person about this show in the next week. Have at least one conversation about climate change with someone else. And above all, keep it south of two degrees. <laughs>